Hey, this is Josh Bond from Rocker Recovery. And this is Angie Meadows. And we are in the Rocker Recovery Spirit and Soul Disconnect book. Uh, you can find it on AmazonBooks.com under, under Rocker Recovery. We're on Lesson 8, Oppression. Mm. Read us the scripture, Josh. I tell you the truth. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Matthew 18, 18. Hmm. Whatever I bind on earth, that means if I am uh, agreeing with noisy stuff, I'm a, I'm letting it run amok over my life. So let's uh, do the introduction. Carrying stress is a quick slide to feeling mentally ill and generally unbalanced. I could not understand how I could be so strong and vibrant and then flip into a deep pit of oppression so quickly. As I inquired of the Lord, what was wrong with me to make me feel so mentally and emotionally unstable he showed me i was entertaining oppressive attitudes then all night long i renounced one attitude after another in the morning i understood that my agreeance with stupidity placed me in a painful emotional pit of which i could not control letting go of identifying with my emotions and exchanging them with healthy thinking patterns landed me on solid ground so josh in my 20s I was 95% crazy <laughs> and 5% strong. <laughs> and in my 60s, I'm 95% strong. I've walked with the Lord for decades. But, you know, there is 5% of me that I don't recognize and that's very much emotional suffering that makes me feel mentally ill. So this one night I was like, there it is again, Lord. Why am I so, I was so happy 15 mm. minutes ago. Why am I so crazy right now? And the Lord said, you're agreeing with it. And so I had to learn to stop agreeing with the noise. Mm. And so he taught me to do that. So let's go for the lesson. If I agree with oppressive attitudes, it empowers them to become stronger. Then every thought I have will validate their need to be indulged. Here are the oppressive attitudes that I needed to renounce. Yours may be similar or totally different. So all night long, I went to bed praying, and I mean, I was in intense prayer. Okay, I, this is a battle. This oppressive attitude could be like an oppressive spirit, and if I'm agreeing with it, it's empowering it, and I'm not going to do that. I just made up my mind that when this stuff comes up, I'm going to renounce it. And so here it was, spirit of affliction, because I have injuries in my hip for 25 years now that refuse to be healed. Infirmity and chronic pain, a chronic grieving and mourning, a doubt, unbelief, a hopelessness, a neglect and avoidance, abandonment, being misunderstood, misjudged. <laughs> you know, that type of stuff really has been triggering me this past week, just being misunderstood. Bitterness, unforgiveness, poverty, lack, want, helplessness, dominance, captivity, slavery, victimization, loneliness, feelings of being unloved, tormented, accident prone, uh, mistrusted, confused, lack of direction, wasted stolen time, health and finances, insomnia, tension, spiritual deafness where I just didn't feel like I could hear the Lord, um, a bound mute tongue where I just couldn't pray. So you know if you can't pray, you're bound. Uh, shunned, ignored, avoided, over-responsible, and then being under-responsible and lazy, uh, trauma, impending doom, untimely deaths. I just constantly was rehearsing what could happen. Manipulated, used, angry, hatred, 
chronic hindrances, feeling like a thorn was in my side at all times, the fear of man, anxiety, men pleasers, people pleasers, uh, uh, impurity, blockage, uh, complaining, looking back, daydreaming, distracting myself to try to comfort myself, guilt and shame, feeling defeated, having lots of regrets, complacency, backsliding, fretfulness, worrying, and fear. <laughs> Uh, it was not that bad, but it felt bad, and and it was only a, a short period of time. But man, if I agreed with it, it was gonna, it was gonna take me days to get out of it. But if I renounced it and I saw it, and I pulled it up and I started fighting it, I could get rid of it really quick. So these oppressive attitudes in me are going to bear the fruit of codependency, addictions, compromise. I'm going to feel stuck and stagnant. Instead, the Lord guided me to release the attitude of agreeance with him. There is no thought about my life I should indulge that the Lord does not have about me. This breakthrough attitude is my inheritance to a rich and full life. So I, I had a mentality that I was in the way, that the Lord was my judge, and that he was waiting for me to do something wrong to condemn me. And all of that was false thinking. All of that was not who my father is. My father is loving and he's kind and he's merciful and he's gentle and, and he's for me. He's not against me. So once I really understand who my father is, now I can start claiming my inheritance and I can get a breakthrough. And so you want to read some of these things? Yeah. Free spirit, health and wellness, completeness in Christ acceptance, abundance, joy, forgiveness, repentance, stability, surety, security, love, great love, everlasting love, connectedness, friendship, safety, clarity, redeem the time, sweet sleep, ears to hear, eyes to see, lose tongue to praise, pray and worship, spirit of wisdom, discernment, understanding, prudence, insight, and truth. Words of knowledge, words of wisdom, favor with God and man, release of the promises, freedom, release to enjoy people and places, prosperity, trust, confidence, rest, gratefulness, thankfulness, rejoicing, mental health. So the fruit of these types of things, loosing these types of things on my life is going to give me peace and a sound mind. And a sound mind is my inheritance. And that means I'm not anxious. I'm not fearful. So I'm going to go back up and I'm going to talk about one of these regrets. As Josh's phone goes off. <laughs> so, so I had a poverty spirit and I was asking the Lord, I was saying, Lord, why is it? You know, I have, there's, there's money in the bank. I, I, there's not a bill been unpaid in 30 years. And yet I feel like I should pinch pennies, sacrifice and, and be careful, not go out to eat, you know, not spend, you know, take, you know, I was just so conservative. I was almost over conservative and it made me feel like I was poor. And I asked the Lord, what is my problem? And I was taking a class, a ministry class and the books came and the name of the book <laughs> was uh, Poverty Versus Royalty. And the Lord said right there, you have a poverty attitude. You have an attitude of a slave and not as a daughter, not as an heir. And I had to, I read that book not once, not twice, but three times talking to myself about I am not poor. I am not a slave. I am not rejected. My father loves me. 
And that was one of the greatest things that I had to, to get over was that poverty, that lack, that want in my spirit. So do you want to talk about one of these? Well, actually, I, I could definitely uh, relate to what you just said, the poverty, because I've, I've noticed, like, if I ever stress about money, the money won't come. <laughs> if, I, if I have faith and just stay calm and be humble, then I don't need for anything. I don't have cars come, you know what I mean, just because I don't, I'm not putting anything before the Lord, you know huh. what I mean? So if I put poverty I stress about it. What am I doing? I'm putting it before the Lord. You're agreeing with poverty. Yeah. And you're, it's getting power over you. Yeah. And now you have a poverty mentality, and now it's like you're high, you've tied God's hands and said, but I don't believe that you can provide for me. Yeah. When he owns a cattle on a thousand hills, it's yeah. all his. Yeah. So if I say, Lord, if you don't care about that bill being paid, I don't care. Guess what? I've never had a bill unpaid. Yes. <laughs> and so I've learned to not stress about it to anything that's causing me suffering, to move it outside of me, not let it might be on my identity, not letting complaining or guilt and shame be my identity, but instead to activate my faith and say, okay, Lord, uh, I'm gonna believe that you care about this and I'm gonna believe that you can provide. And he doesn't always give me my wants. A lot of times he does, yeah. uh, but he always gives me my needs. Yes. So under this uh, breakthrough, there's this free spirit that I have had to learn to embrace. And years ago, maybe two or three years ago, with this hip injury, my physical therapist said, now, if you could just dance, left, right, left, right, left, right, left, right, we, we would reprogram your brain and your body would start to heal. Well, you know, I'd had this energy, in, injury for two decades and the patterns in my muscles had rebroken had been broken so i was kind of like a stroke patient that didn't have a stroke so what i started doing was left right left right and i'd turn on my music in the morning my worship music and i would start dancing well all of a sudden the spirit of joy hit me and i dance all the time mm -hmm. like if you see me in church mm -hmm. it's like guys mm -hmm. i don't hurt mm -hmm. i'm up here dancing looking silly i'm sure but guess what i don't have nerve pain i don't have bulging disc i don't have any pain standing up here praising the lord now i may walk out and have pain in an hour yeah. but right there praising the lord dancing <laughs> i've got a free spirit to pray to sing to worship god with a free spirit well like it's just me and him and they nobody else in the room and you know what i think it Amen. helps others to say oh wait a minute at first i'm sure they mocked me <laughs> look how silly that lady looks but then i'm thinking if you just knew how fun it is to not be in pain That's how bad. awesome it is to just not be in pain and so when this spirit of dance hit me and this free spirit hit ah, it was beautiful breakthrough and now it's been maybe two years and i would say i'm in about five to ten percent of the amount of pain that i used to be in god is good and god is good <laughs> so you want to talk about one of these um sweet sleep oh yeah you sleep good yeah i sleep good okay pick yeah. another one uh Loose tongue to praise and pray and worship. Yeah. <clears throat> um, well, I'll, I've got a loose tongue to praise because I like doing that too. I, I believe that we shouldn't care what it. Okay. So the disciples, they would be beat, stoned, and tortured for 
Jesus. So if people are looking at us like we're silly for doing what we do for God, isn't mm. it kind of like a, mm. even Paul says, he says, uh, well, I do this with a, with a joy. I sat in the I sat in the jail and be tortured with joy for my Christ. You know what <laughs> yes, I mean? Yes, and he there they were. He and Silas in the had their backs beaten. They were yes. had their feet in stocks, and they said, "Well, let's just sing a hymn." And the earthquake came, and the prison doors open, and they led the guard to Christ, and they walked out free men the next day. Yes. And and so they just learned that no matter how great the difficulty is to praise God. Yes. So that's that's powerful. And so every day I try to wake up with an intention. Today I was my intention was contentment. No matter what happened, I was going to keep pulling up the thought that oh, wait a minute, that's not being content. I'm going to be content today, not letting anyone steal that from me so that I could actively walk in my peace with a sound mind. Um oppressive spirits. Oppressive spirits bind, torment, and hold us captive. When our strong man is unbound, we can nurture those little broken inner parts that are hurting and becoming emotionally mature and free to enjoy life. Now stay in the present and focus on right, right what is in front of you to accomplish. Yeah. Matthew's twelve twenty nine, Mark three twenty seven, Luke eleven twenty one. So I want to stay in that present moment and I want to focus on right what's in front of me. I want to know that if my strong woman is if I let her be bound with this uh, whining, complaining, uh, regrets, fearful guilt, shame, if I indulge those things, they're going to bind me to my chair and the enemy's coming in and robbing me of my joy, of my peace, of my patience, of my goodness, of my prayers, of my worship, of my happiness. I just got robbed. Yes. Those things were my inheritance, and I just got robbed because I indulged the enemy and let him tie me up. Yes. So if you're indulging the enemy, stop it. Yeah. Stop it. <laughs> stop it. <laughs> and untie yourself and yes. say, I don't care how ugly this is, how long it lasts, how deep this trial is, how much it hurts. I am going to praise God. Amen. And you're going to be able to do this when you know who am I. He knew me before he formed me. Jeremiah 1, 5. His thoughts for me are greater than the sand. Psalms 139, 17 and 18. He is brother. He is a brother, friend to me. Proverbs 18, 24. I am redeemed. Galatians 3, 13. I am no more a slave, but a son. Galatians 4, 7. So when you know who you are in Christ, then you're going to have a reason to worship. Okay, so now I love that last one. I am no more a slave, but no, a son. A son, and so now act like it. Yes, <laughs> yes. I think. Don't you think that's the hardest part? Yes. Just to act like, okay, I got a daddy. I yes. can go to my Abba Father. Yes. And I can say, Abba, I, Papa, I'm hurting. Uh, how do I do this? And he says, if I ask him for wisdom, he'll give it to me. So when I'm hurting, I do want to sit with it. And I do want to say, what is this that you're teaching me? So that I can learn that lesson. God can comfort me and I can turn around and comfort somebody else. I was talking about the other day in Bible study before church. And like I, I went through three, like three steps of I started off, like you said earlier, of God the judge. Oh, gosh, I better watch what I'm doing. And then I go to God the Father as I matured in Christianity and in Jesus. And now it's God Dad. Mm. Uh, you know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. Now it's like my father cares. Yes. He cares. I can talk to him anytime about anything. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, he cares. He cares about my little trivial melancholy. (laughs) So now we're going to trust God. We're going to learn what it (laughs) looks like to trust God. Read these. His ways are higher. His thoughts are higher. Isaiah 55, 9. So if his ways are higher and his thoughts are higher, it might look bad, but it's obviously good. Uh, I just don't know what he's doing. So I can just trust him. I can activate that faith and trust him. Choosing to trust God. Psalms 36, 7. Blessing God during difficult times. Job 13, 15. Though he slay me, yet I will trust in him. Choosing to be grateful for all things. Ephesians 5, 20. Counting it all joy. James 1, 2. Patiently waiting to see the circumstances turned to my good and to God's glory. Romans 8, 28 through 30. Learning to take every thought captive to the word of God. 2 Corinthians 10, 5. If God's not thinking it, I'm not thinking it. Tearing down strongholds. 2 Corinthians 10, 4. Once I tear down that ungodly stronghold, I'm going to build a good one. Setting up boundaries against besetting sins. Mm-hmm. So I want to, the besetting, there are three different types of sins. Uh, there's the besetting sins that go from generation to generation that really bind me. Uh, and I've got to set up boundaries in my life. I got to set up a law. I don't go there. I don't do that. I don't watch that. I don't listen to that. You know, that was my father's, my grandfather's. Everybody trips up in anger. So I'm going to, I'm going to work on this. And once I break, break that stronghold, that besetting sin of anger or whatever it might be, alcoholism, whatever, it's easier for the next generation to break it. And so there's besetting sins that I got to battle with maybe all my life. And then there is iniquities, which are sins that I just make excuses for and do them anyway. And then there's transgressions where I'm like maybe having a pity party and I need to repent or I got a little uh, wound that's caused me some bitterness that I need to go back and, and repent. I didn't even realize it was there. So I, that's Galatians 3, 24 and 25. So I want to make sure that I'm setting up boundaries in my life as, as a safety net until grace comes. So when I have dealt with my sin, when I have laid it before the Lord, I may have a lot of laws in my life. And then in about five years, 10 years, I might not need them anymore. Yeah. I, I might not. I'd be, be like, you know, grace is here now, and, and, and I don't need all those rules. I had to start with rules so that I could govern myself and, mm-hmm. and, and with that safety net so that I didn't fall too far, uh, you know, so that I could always stay where I needed to stay. Like years ago, I mean, I turned the television off for decades. I was just like, I can't watch that stuff. Well, you know, I don't need that kind of law in my life now. I can watch a little if I want to. And yeah. if it's something that's not good, I just get up and turn it off. It doesn't have a power over me. But when the television had a power over me, I would tell the kids to be quiet. I was watching, you know, one of the game shows. <laughs> and I'm thinking... <laughs> what the heck am I doing? (laughs) These babies aren't going to be here forever. But for whatever reason, that television had a a power over me. So when I was realizing that I I don't want that in my life, I don't want anything having a power over me, I just cut it off. I get it because music does it to me. Like if I go out listening to music about them going out in the streets and selling drugs and stuff like that, before long, I'll think that I can do the same thing. Oh, wow. I'm getting rich, you know what I mean? Oh, wow. And it's the truth. Like, it's like, a, Cut it you off. know what I mean? I did. I, <laughs> I, don't, I don't listen to nothing to God music now. There you nothing go. Nothing at all. Not in my cars, not nowhere. And, you know, that's your boundary. Yeah. It might not always have to be a boundary in 10, 20 be. years. Yeah. But you know what? 
I kind of kind of have that boundary too. Yeah. And so I do a lot of classical. I do a lot of gospel. I do a lot of uh, contemporary Christian and. And that's basically what I do. Yeah. <laughs> and I've never really felt the need to do anything else. Yeah. So let's, the next section is choosing God. So now instead of choosing my suffering and that, um, that iniquity or that oppressive attitude, I'm going to choose God. Seeking God with all your heart, soul, and mind. Matthew 22, 37. I can wake up and be really anxious and I'll carry that anxiety under my breath in my subconscious all day and not and it'll take me several times during the day i'll re recognize dang i'm anxious wonder why i'm so anxious but if i sat down that morning in my bible i can get rid of it in 5 10 15 minutes and i am peaceful and singing all day and i'm not blocked from praising the lord so i want to make sure that god is first in my heart in my soul and in my mind that i'm seeking him every day Yield to God in your circumstances. Job 2.10. One time I was talking to the Lord, and I was just a whining away while I was doing dishes, and I flipped my Bible open and said, Lord, I need a word from you. And there it was. You speak like a foolish woman. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, okay, that's a good word. <laughs> I'm sorry, Lord. And I turned on my prayers music, and I thought, okay, I'm not going to be foolish no more. No more whining, Lord. Not today. <laughs> Next one. No, God is in control. Jeremiah 29, 11 through 13. He didn't mean this for evil. Mm -hmm. He meant this to bring about an expected end. If I really believe that, then it doesn't matter what it looks like now. When I get through this dark valley, it's going to be good. Repentance and turning from sin. Acts 26, 20. Crying out for deliverance. Psalms 142.6. So if you got something over you, like uh, drug addiction, like alcoholism, like uh, self-pity, like depression, I want you to take all of the scriptures throughout the Psalms that say deliver, deliverance, deliver me, that would apply to your circumstance because David was always fighting a battle. And I want you to write those out on the note cards and I want you to speak them over yourself all the time and I want you to cry out to God and say, deliver me, Lord, deliver me, get this thing off of me. And when I do that and it's been a long battle of generations it takes me about six weeks of fighting it and then I'm free I feel that thing lift off of me and I am free and uh, it's done God so there's some things I can just set up a boundary and I'm okay and then there's some things I am powerless hmm. totally powerless over that God has to deliver me okay read right here in your trials tribulations temptations suffering afflictions persecutions and failures trust God he is doing a great work in you. Let this work bring you to the place of surrender and faith. Yield to his work. Mm, you see that word? Surrender. surrender. There's the big word. Yes. <laughs> That's a big word. <laughs> surrender. Until as long as I'm holding it, demanding my own way, I'm going to suffer with it. But when I just say, okay, Lord, there it is. I'm done. I take my hands off of it. All of a sudden, I have a peace. Yes. Maybe things change, maybe they don't change, but I change. So being confident of this very thing, that which has begun, you have begun a good work in me, you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ, Philippians 1, 6. So I just need to know that God started this work in me, and God's going to finish it. Yes. He started before we were ever thought of. Long <laughs> didn't ago. he, though? Didn't Long he? He had a plan for us. Yes. <laughs> verily, verily, I say unto you, except a corn of wheat, fall into the ground and die it abides alone but if it dies it brings forth much fruit john 12 24 i die daily first corinthians 15 31 so all of the things that i think i want 
I need to die to them. I need to say, Lord, if this is what you want me to have, I want you to bring it to me. And as I die to my will and I have no will of my own, I have a general direction because I have a vision for where I think God has put in my heart. And I ask him to move my heart and to shape my heart, to move it like he moves the heart of the river, the rivers and the hearts of kings, to move my heart where he wants it. And as I do that and as I yield to him and as I surrender to it and I die to it, he either takes it out of my heart, I no longer want it, or he puts it back very firmly and he does it in his power and it's easy. It's not like I'm pulling teeth. And, yeah, and being right. poked the whole time while I'm doing it, it flows with just this power and this goodness, and it comes really easy. So I want you to identify today what attitude is robbing you of your peace. Now, the application, we're going to renew our minds in Christ. Is Settle it? yourself into daily scripture reading. And that is vital. It's vital to spiritual growth. Meditate daily on a scripture all day if needed. To break the tormenting thought patterns. So if I'm being tormented by a thought, I'm in a rut. And so you know if my Bible's laying open, and if I'm carrying it around, and if I'm popping it open on my phone while I'm walking and talking to you, if I've got it tied and written on a three-by-five card and tied around my neck, if I wrote it on my hand... <laughs> It's a rough day, <laughs> mm -hmm. and there's something I'm going to get off me for the end of the day, but I'm not going to be able to do that if I'm not meditating on something bigger than me. i got to meditate on something more powerful than my anger, my bitterness, my self-pity, my depression, my hopelessness. i got to meditate on the goodness of God, yes. and as I do that, now I have everything that I need. Here's a good one for me. Praise God in song, in your heart and with your voice all day. Yeah, just sing to him. Just, yeah. just say, Lord... I am going to praise you no matter what this looks like. Use the word of God to break the lies that you believe because the word of God is sharper than a two-edged sword in Hebrews 4.12. So now I want you to reject torment. Recognize tormenting thoughts. Until I sit quietly and hear my thoughts and maybe journal. That's the reason I kind of like journaling because things come up I didn't even know was inside of me. And all of a sudden I'm like, huh. I do think that. That is a lie, and that does have me bound. Then I can start rejecting those things. Next one. Break it with truth of scriptures. Mm -hmm. So I want to figure out what it is, and then I want to ask the Lord for a scripture. Ask God for a rhema from the word of God to break the lie. A rhema is a personal word from God for you today. So there is uh, the word, W-O-R-D, and one of them is the logos, the written word. The other one's the rhema, and it's a word, a personal word for me. So when I'm reading scripture and I come upon a scripture and it's very intriguing, it, it's powerful. It means more than the verse before it and the verse after. It almost looks like it's highlighted. Um, I write that one down because that's the one I'm going to need before the day's over. <laughs> Either that or I'm going to run into somebody else and they need it before the day's over. Okay, it's right here. Stop negative thinking patterns. Process, release the negative, and look for the good. Hmm. Stop, process, release the negative. If I don't know what it is, I can't release it, and then look for the good. So if I've got a little stubborn streak, I need to stop and look at that, and then I need to say, hmm, i got to deal with that. i got to release that. i gotta, I got to yield myself to the Holy Spirit. Hit the rewind button to replay kind words. So if I've been hateful, I need to rewind it. 
and I need to say, no, wait a minute. That was a bad habit for me to be terse and fussy, and I'm stuck in my head, and it's not about you, and I just spewed, and I'm sorry. So let me say that again, and then I say it again with kind words. And as I do that, as I'm breaking my bad habits of my my fussy tongue, you know what? The people around me are too, and it, it makes for a very peaceful home. Next one. Uh, lots of things are just a habit. Make new habits. Make new habits. Make a habit to always be kind. Don't open your mouth unless you're kind. That's uh, Proverbs 31, 26. The law of her tongue is kindness. I wrote that scripture and stuck it on my fridge, and I said it to myself every day for a decade. <laughs> Don't open your mouth unless you're kind. And what I did is if I was unkind, I went back and apologized. And that might mean I put the kids back in the car at nap, nap time and went back over to the mall and apologized to that lady. Mm-hmm. Whatever it did, I went out of my way to apologize because I did not want to be unkind. I wanted to be able to fulfill that scripture. See, I have to work on that sometimes, like, because, see, I have a different carry-on kind of voice. So I, people let me know that I come to church with, they're like, are you in a bad mood today? I'm like, no, I'm not in a bad mood at all. They're like, wow, you seem like you're being mean today. <laughs> and I'm not, I'm really not. I'm just very quiet. Very firm, you know what I mean? very I'm, firm. I, yeah, I guess so. I guess I'm firm. Right? But I'm even lovingly firm. Yep. You know what I mean? <laughs> ain't paying you to sit down. Yeah. If you're going to sit down, you can go somewhere yeah. else. <laughs> all right, we're right here. <laughs> Humble yourself before God and ask for help. And ask for help. So repent frequently. Forgive quickly. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Stop indulging obsessive negative thinking. If you've got this negative noise on, and, you know, we have found that lately that if, um, uh, if there's somebody that we love that's not doing exactly what we think they need to be doing, we got some negative thinking about them, and we've been stopping ourselves and saying, nope, we're going to think good thoughts today. Mm-hmm. We're going to pray for them. We're going to bless them. We're going to ask God to heal them. And we're going to think that good thoughts. We're not going to be paranoid and stuck in our heads anymore. Okay, right here. This is difficult to do if you grew up with someone else's voice giving you a steady diet of negative tormenting thoughts. Oh, ouch. Keep going. Use the plan for rejecting a tormented thought. Forgive your offender with your words first and then ask God to help you forgive them in your heart. So a lot of times I'm going to forgive out of obedience but I don't feel it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'm going to do it because God said for me to do it, and I'm going to obey. And then my feelings follow. Sometimes I go from being very angry or bitter to just not feeling nothing at all. But, you know, I'm probably not done. I probably need to bless them, and then I'm done. Yeah. When I can bless them and really mean it, then I'm done. Okay. When you do not know what to do about a situation, do nothing. You know, my mama gave me this advice. I would say, what do I do? And she's like, if you don't know what to do, just sit tight. Mm -hmm. And in a few days, a few weeks, it'll pass and you won't need to make a decision or you'll know exactly what to do. And that was probably the best advice I ever got because as a little impulsive kid, all I wanted to do was run. And so, of course, I would run from one problem and get myself into a bigger problem. <laughs> so I called it jumping from the frying pan into the fire. <laughs> so I learned to do this. I learned to take this advice. And if I didn't know what to do, just to sit tight. And that patience, that learning that patience, that holding my tongue, making sure I was kind, gave me a lot of stability. So here's how I want you to go find your healing. Get wise counsel. Pray about it. 
be slow to make decisions, allow God time to intervene. Yeah. So if you're really quick at making decisions, you're going to sit there and a month later think, now, if I had been really slow, if I had just taken 48 hours more, if I had just taken another week, you know, I probably wouldn't have made that decision. So if you're about to marry somebody and you're not really sure if you should marry them, in six months, you will know for sure. Mm. So what difference is it? Wait six months. Mm. <laughs> in six months, you'll be like, thank God I waited. Or you'll be like, yep, she's the love of my life. I am marrying this girl. So just wait. Just yes. wait. God will make it very clear. He'll yes. reveal to you their hearts. He'll take them in your life. He'll He'll put them uh, in your life. He'll take them out of your life. And you're going to be happy you waited just that little bit of length of time. And and the one thing is, is that we're a microwave culture mm -hmm. <laughs> we well, make decisions now. fast yes. we push that button and we want dinner in one minute yes <laughs> so here's here's the here's the thing be slow slow to speak quick to listen slow to make decisions when life is overwhelming do the next right thing so elizabeth elliott was my uh, mentor on the radio she was my spiritual mama and when her husband was killed by the uh, on the mission field, she said, "That's just what God told her to do. This is just the next right thing. Get up, take care of the baby, open the curtains, make the oatmeal, go comfort the other widows, uh, change the diapers, you know, do the next thing, make a meal, do the laundry." So that's the next right thing. Make the bed, do the dishes, wash the clothes. When you want to run, don't. Just get quiet, sit still, and breathe. If I literally get stuck in a, in a horrible circumstance like a death you know something that's tragic that I that's devastating if I sit and mull over that for days and days all day every day blaming myself thinking I should have said I should have did mm -mm, I'm stuck in a trauma but if I feel it a little at a time 15 minutes and then let go get up do the next thing when it overwhelms me, sit down another 15 minutes, feel it. Nope, no, I can't do it. I can't fix it. I can't change it. I, it's out of my hands. I, I, I trust you, God. I, I'm going to grieve, and it's going to pass. Mm -hmm. But if not, I'm going to be stuck in that same grief in two years. So I want you to learn to grieve in little bites. And here's, here's the principle. Emotional maturity conquers oppressive thinking habits. Yeah, so I don't want you to agree with that hopelessness, that stuff that's going on. So when you have a thought, um, have it for about 15 minutes. If you can't find any solution, more thinking is not the answer. Some things that we could think about all day for a decade and never resolve them. Instead, I want you to detach, release them, and move on. Now, unravel the emotional cycle before you. Face your fears. Was this an emotion exaggerated? Did it bring up something hurtful in your past that need, you need to process? Find the healing God has for you. Reach out and find community. I'm sure there's people in your community that just went through the same thing. And when you tell them your story, they're going to tell you what God did to help them in their story. Mm -hmm. And that's what sponsors are for. <clears throat> that's what communities for. That's what healing groups are for. Small groups, Bible study groups. And that's what church is for. And that's what church is for. I can ask the Lord a question, and when I get to church, the preacher tells me the answer from the pulpit. And I'm like, I almost missed this. I could have stayed home. I would have missed this. Mm -hmm. So healing comes after a crisis if you don't run. Instead, when a crisis comes, look for the false thinking and the lies that keep you bound and replace it with the steadfast truth and the love of God. Seek out and bind up your old wounds. Pray for the past and the present emotional healing and 
future emotional maturity. You want to pray us out of here? Yeah. Okay. Lord, God, and strengthen me with your power to overcome oppression and its accompanying confusion. Bring to me your Holy Spirit to empower me to detach from old wounds and heal. Help me to be sensitive to others who are hurting and to have the courage to reach out when I am hurting. Give me safe people in my life to love me through this journey. Help me build solid ground, stability, and maturity to overcome all struggles in my life. Help me to recognize, process, release, and detach quickly from those things that cause me suffering. Grant me the presence of your peace. Amen. Amen. So if I don't let go of my suffering, sometimes suffering becomes my best friend. And if I don't let, and I feel like I got to feel it and refeel it and feel mm. it, and I, I ain't got no way to, I ain't got no way to solve it. It's going to hinder me from the presence of God's peace. So what I want you to do today is anything that's making you suffering, I want you to lay it on that altar. If you got to, you duct tape it there and say, I ain't picking it up again. Sometimes I go to that mountain <laughs> to, slay my, to slay my problem up there to duct tape it to the altar, and I feel like I'll come down off that mountain bloody. <laughs> I'm like, God, grant me your presence. Give me peace, Lord. And sometimes this is, things come to us, and sometimes it's a bloody battle to get our peace back. Yeah. And we just got to fight for it. We got to contend for it. We got to say, that's my inheritance. My inheritance is the presence of God. And I know I have his presence when I have his peace. And this is Angie Meadows. And this is Josh Vaughn. And this is The Rocker Recovery. And we'll see you later.